Okay, I'm Maggie from Families in Trauma once again, and we're continuing our previous discussion along with John McCormack. And we're answering that second question we left him with. Do we need to keep repeating and retelling that story? And I'm sure we all want to know the answer to that one. So let's have a listen. The next thing that I wanted to um, speak about, because for me as a family in trauma, watching some of the things that happened in my own family, the thing that I really latched onto was that when you're speaking to people in the type of training that you're doing, the participants are not required to disclose their past trauma because this is such a, a difficult thing when some, especially when there's this revolving door, you know, go to this person, go to that person, go to the next person, and then they have to repeat the trauma each time. So what difference has that actually made, do you think, in, in allowing that? I've been delivering face-to-face counselling for years. I've been delivering group work support and we're doing training support. And I've been working almost exclusively with traumatised people. And I have never once in my life said to someone, tell me specifically what happened to you. If they're talking about sexual abuse for something, I've never ever said, tell me what actually happened. I just let them tell me that it was sexual violence. I I don't need to know the detail of that. And the fact that it happened is bad enough. And I think that getting people to repeat the story over and over again has got the potential to re-traumatise you and relive the horror over and over and again. And I think it's based on a a false belief that retelling the story has a healing effect. I don't believe that for one second. I think retelling the story embeds it and traps it within you and you end up living this narrative and that's that's the full story. Yeah. So I think one of the one of the aspects of trauma um, training might be to give people the skills of having a range of different questions that are more helpful. Mm-hmm. And these are these are not a panacea; they don't fix everything. But there are different questions. For example, okay, you've been through horrible trauma. Why have you survived it up to this point? What is it about you that's enabled you to at least? live a life and meet me today for this conversation, how would you account for that? And we'll try and get people to look at the fact that they've survived it and they've obviously got strengths that they may not have identified them themselves. And we try and help people name the strengths that they've got. And some people will say very simple things. They'll say things like, I had to feed the cat. Somebody had to get up in the morning and feed the cat. And you think, well, okay, So that sounds quite simple, but it tells me that you've got empathy for your cat. It tells me that you've got, that you take responsibility. It tells me that you're organized enough, even in the middle of all the horror, to get cat food in and store it up. And, you know, (laughs) so there's an awful lot of information comes out of the simple reasons why people have survived. And it takes you down a different road. Um, so I, I simply don't. And also, I think that there's a real danger in group situations that you could make somebody could make themselves too vulnerable. So you don't necessarily want everybody disappearing into tears and anguish. If you're and it's, and how do you put them back together again? Yeah, yeah that's the, the point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you're wanting people to leave the session stronger with fresh ideas about how they're going to make a better life not lost in the pain and horror. Because honestly, Maggie, 
They've told themselves that story a million times already. Yeah. They know it intimately. What on earth is there to be gained from rehearsing it yeah. another time? Yeah, I so get time. that. Yeah, I, I yeah. so ag agree with that because I've seen what it does, the constant repetition. And as you said, it embeds it in mm. people's mind. They've already been through it. They've already gone over it a million times. They need things to help them move forward. Not not to say and forget or, you know, that you're trying to push it under the carpet, but it's just new new kind of tools, new strategies to help them. As you say, go away from each session and feel, I've got something else now, something else that would help me positively. Yeah, people are more than their trauma story. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree with that. Oh, it must be so heartwarming to hear that. People are more than their trauma stories. And also for those people who are trying to support and help trauma survivors, even being able to know and ask the right kind of questions that enable the survivors to identify their own strengths, that is just wonderful. And I'm sure many of us feel that this is just music to our ears. However, you know, for some, the term self-management is a term that's quite new to them and it can have created suspicion around it. So. Let's have a listen to the next podcast and find out if self-management is just shifting responsibility or perhaps a cost-cutting exercise.